I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Do you speak praise to God in private? Like speak some praise, whether it's in your mind or especially out loud. You ever speak praise? How about in public? You know, like Colin said, speak out some praise. The minority does that. The majority does not do that. Uh, I'm one of the majority that had to work through that. You might see my personality and go, oh, you're probably one of those wired for it. No, no, no. For those who are wired that way, this is an easy yes, right? It's like, of course. Uh, how can you not? But I speak for the rest. It can be a bit of a barrier to battle our way through. As I've learned, I've overcome. But as I've learned firsthand, uh, speaking out or, or singing even, especially speaking out, spontaneous praise is one of the last things our pride will tend to surrender. I don't know, it's just something about it. But I've noticed that. I've noticed that. So our shepherd, savior, mentor, and judge, Jesus Christ, arms us for what is the fight of our life uh, with the LPG, the Lord's Prayer Guide, which helps us grasp his multifaceted nature and our relationship with him so that we can grow, mature each day in the power and glory of the kingdom that comes within. And so, as we've seen, uh, we begin each day by adoring our dad with a childlike greeting, something casual, straight from the heart, and then revering our creator with heartfelt worship, reverence, awe, and then discussing, trusting our hallowed Father God, nobly kneeling to our king, to plan in advance our advance of his kingdom, your kingdom come, while pursuing the will of our Lord in our daily decisions. Your will be done. By asking and seeking our bread of life, confessing our messing to our judge to wipe our slate clean as we are defeating evil like our mentor, by forgiving those who mess up against us. And then pledging to follow our shepherd concerning the temptations we'll face this day, evading the avoidables and resisting standing under the inevitables. And as we saw last week, uh, crying out, crying out, the built-in cry for help, crying out to our Savior to be delivered from the evil inside and out. <clears throat> that's, the, that's the last request in the Lord's Prayer Guide. But it's not the last line. Because the whole thing builds to today. It all builds to and ends with this short burst of praise. This three-part shout-out of affirmation, appreciation, and exaltation. Let's read it together. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory. Three things covered right there. Very few words. It's not like God needs a lot of words. He just needs a lot of heart. Three declarations that get to the heart of our pride. Affirmation. 
Yours is the kingdom. There is a king. And it's not me. I need to say something that communicates that. Even as one word. You alone are absolute authority. I won't even say you have absolute authority. You are absolute authority. And then appreciation. Yours is the power. Thank the Lord. Because I'm so often so weak. And it's you. You alone have an infinite capacity to meet our deepest needs. And exaltation. Excuse me. Yours is the glory. The perfect beauty. And I am utterly dependent upon your perfect love and truth and goodness. Okay, so you're probably wondering why I chose that photo for today's icon, you know, because trying to give you these uh, uh, mnemonics, these, these little ways, icons to, to help us remember. And uh, here's the thing. In Judaism and in Jesus' day, private prayers customarily concluded with what's known as a spontaneous seal of praise. <laughs> Look at her. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she's praising God for that daily mackerel. So that is, sink that in. This is the seal of praise. Everybody needs a praise phrase. Your words are going to be different than mine. You might have lots. You might have one. I was just talking to somebody after first service who said, I have a praise phrase. It's hallelujah. It expresses everything. And when something's just, wow, there's God, I go, hallelujah. And I say it out loud. And he says, I need to hear myself say it. He's right on. Um, Okay, so the Amidah, you know, that that formal, exhaustive, uh, thrice daily prayer that that the Lord's Prayer Guide radically condenses, even that thing that they prayed three times a day, even that was open ended to allow for this seal of praise, to allow for this short, free form burst of praise, usually based on things in the Bible that you just, that you know about the Lord and you just have to say it with a word or two. And so it's a little different than worship where I worship God like with singing and with, with my, my, my sentences and speech. This is like, this is, you're just sealing the deal. Now, you may have noticed that some Bibles don't include this line in the Lord's Prayer. Anybody notice it's not in your Bible? A yeah? couple of you? Uh, it's, in the, it's in mine, New King James here that I'm using. Uh, but the thing is, it's not found in the earliest and what are considered the most reliable th- manuscripts that have been more recently discovered. So if it's not in your Bible, that's why, because it's not in the earliest and the most reliable. So some Bibles have it, some Bibles don't, that's why. But just because it's not in every Bible doesn't mean it's unbiblical, because actually every word in it is in every Bible in a lot of places. So a very biblical, just maybe, maybe this spot, it won't have it said that way in yours. But did you notice there's, there's two references to the kingdom? Your kingdom come. And yours is the kingdom. Why is that? Two different things. Uh, The first, your kingdom come, refers to the kingdom that Jesus was ushering in that continues to this day to expand. We've talked about it. It expands heart by heart. Excuse me. As he's believed and received as Savior and Lord. 
That's the kingdom that comes and continues to come and expand and grow. And the second, because yours is the kingdom, the eternal forever kingdom, the absolute kingdom. It refers to this, to God's eternal sovereign authority in heaven over everything. King David points this out in the Old Testament long before the Lord's prayer guide. And I just before I read it, I just have to say, uh, the more I internalize the lines from the Lord's prayer guide, it's not just changing the way I pray. I'm starting to notice it everywhere in scripture. It's like the whole Bible can break into these lines. I'm reading Psalms. I'm reading scriptures like, um, just as a father loves his children, uh, God, you know, oh, our father. And it, it, it just keeps showing up everywhere. Oh, and uh, those who fear your name. Oh, hallowed be your name. And I think it's a Bible guide as well. Or it's sure working out that way for me. But here's what David says about that eternal kingdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Everlasting to everlasting. You know what it means? That's fun. That means that is forever in both directions. Forever that way, forever that way. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. And now it's like, make no mistake from the appearance of what he momentarily allows down here in the dark in order to bring about his eternal plans and purpose. Know this, his kingdom rules over all. So here's a, here's a question I wanted to open with, but we've been building toward it. Can the Lord leave heaven? I love this question. Can the Lord leave heaven? To answer that, you have to answer another question first. Where is heaven? Where's heaven? Because what we find, by the way it's described in scripture, it's not so much a place as it is a presence. God's divine presence defines wherever he is as heaven. Because he's there and it is in his presence. So it's a place. It's the place where God is. Heaven is where God is. And hell is where he isn't. His presence or the lack thereof is what defines the place. So can God leave heaven? Hardly. It travels with him. It travels with him like a cloud of glory. If he left the place, it wouldn't be heaven. And the kingdom of heaven surrounds the king of heaven, even when he's on earth. Oh, this is good stuff. Even when he's on earth, as it is in heaven. Because his kingdom is the place of his rule and reign, which he chose to extend deep within our heart. Now, watch this. In Jesus' sermon on the mount on the hillside above the lake... He pretty much turns everything on its head with his beatitudes. Blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those. And this comes right before the LPG. He basically, he turns everything upside down by saying, blessed are, you know, the poor and the sad, those who mourn, and the weak and the meek and the starving, you know, the hungry. Blessed are those people. And it's right after this, uh, that on the hillside above the lake, that his newly appointed apprentices come to him and say... 
you need to teach us to pray. <laughs> because, boy, is that not how we see things. Now, and so he sits down and he gives them the Lord's prayer guide. This is way before, two years out, way before they understand that our Father in heaven and our Savior on earth are one. And that his eternal kingdom was at that moment coming in a new way with power and glory. So, when Jesus gave them the LPG on that hillside above the lake, where was heaven? On the hillside above the lake. Because where was God? Now, this is a harder question. Where was God? Well, he was in the place above space and on the hillside above the lake. And at that moment, he was preparing with the Beatitudes. He was preparing his boys for the suffering to come in order for God's will to be done. They're two years out from Jesus crying out, it is finished, and conquering death, and rising in power and glory, so that those who mourn will be comforted, he said two years earlier, and then the meek will inherit the earth. Those hungering and thirsting after righteousness will be filled. The merciful will be shown mercy, etc., etc., etc. Future tense at that point, rightly so, two years out. But two years out, the Beatitudes that come right before the LPG, he begins and ends by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom. So why? Two years out. Why is the kingdom the only one in present tense? <laughs> Because although the, the full glory of the gospel was two, still two years out, the kingdom was in presence tense from the moment the word became flesh and mm, made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, they sing out in Revelation, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who's accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. That's good and a little scary because if you read on, he's been cast down to earth and he's really upset. He's going to make a lot of trouble. But isn't that crazy? Two years out, oh yeah, you will be comforted. You will be you will be, but yours is the kingdom because the king is here. Oh, on earth as it is in heaven, you don't understand yet. You might as well be standing in heaven because you're in my presence. Yours is the kingdom 
should, should prompt and prod that seal of praise, a, a seal of kingdom praise, a praise phrase, even if it's one word, uh, just a word or two that recognizes his rule in this unruly world in general. You know, oh God, you, you are on the throne. You are in control. And declares his royal reign in my loyal heart in particular. See, a seal of kingdom praise renews my commitment to carry out my created purpose and expresses the fact that I gladly, and sometimes I have to work my way up to being glad about it, that I gladly relinquish my throne, surrender my inferior, unruly, rival kingdom. Just something that says that. Just, you're the king, I'm not. You're on the throne. I'm yours. Just know, though, I don't know, kingdoms rarely surrender without a fight. Surrender usually comes after a battle. So don't be discouraged if there's some spiritual combat involved in you, you know, turning over your, your kingdoms to God. If, you're, if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, then you know Mature faith is mostly the result of the painful process of dethroning ourselves. Our problem is along the way, we're just too quick to bow down to lesser powers. You know why? They're visible. We can see them. They're, they're in our face and they're scary. And because of that, we often make the fatal mistake of thinking they're more frightening to face than God. And so we need the seal of power praise. Yours is the power. Uh, just a word or two that, uh, that prompts that. Uh, but power praise to remind us that as Paul says, ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood, even if we don't realize it, they have, and seen, and seen in a way everyone can comprehend. Really? How's that? Oh, through the things he has made. For instance, David says his lightning lights up the world, and by this illuminating display, the heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory, because that's an illustration he made to show you what that feels like and looks like and acts like, because you, if you look at him directly, you'll die, so he has to create illustrations, because as David declared to the Lord, this is how you display your power. The skies resounded with thunder. Your lightning lit up the world. Therefore, we should give unto the Lord the glory. Some, some of your Bibles say ascribe to, reckon to. Realize this is something that applies to that. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. The God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, yes. The Lord splinters the cedars. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness and strips the forests bare. And in his temple, everyone who has read these verses and knows this, sees it and says, that's glory, glory. Here, you, just one example. You want to see the example he created to show us his glory? Here it is. 
that on purpose to help us under, imagine standing next to that tree. The Lord is powerful. The Lord splinters the cedars, shakes the wilderness, strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says glory. And I can tell you those guys were not in his temple because we really had to work to edit out what they said. <laughs> but I'll tell you, even listening to it, it's like, oh, it's the pagan form of praise. They're recognizing that, go! That's the recognition of a power and a glory that is so far beyond us. You know, Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him, went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. Daniel sees him in a vision and sees his face. And says, his face will look like lightning. The story says his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. You'll notice there's a lot of things about Jesus depicted with lightning. For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning. Power praise renews my courage to face my foes and, and whatever opposing forces by finding the words to profess that every other power pales by comparison to the mighty hand of God. After all, he fills his hands with lightning <laughs> and commands it to strike its mark. What can they do? What can this guy do? With his hands, type something on Facebook? Oh, I'm really going to get you. <laughs> Not really a comparison. You see, when we, when we truly have a God-fearing heart, we fear little else. And when we lack that, we fear pretty much everything else. I was talking to someone after first service and saying, I wanted to just speak for 20 minutes on all the lightning and thunder scriptures that talk about, because now that I get it, you know, in the Psalms, when it talks about how the trees will praise him and the clouds will praise him and the rain will praise him and everything praises the Lord. Literally. You go, get, go collect all the lightning and thunder verses and put those in your heart. And the next time it thunders and lightnings, you won't be able to help yourself. You just go, that's the glory. That's God. It'll just, it'll just show you. you, you it, when God wants you to praise his name, it'll just send the lightning. <laughs> glory. That's, that's his glory. Boom. That's his, that's his power. He does that with snow. He does it with everything. You go collect those, put them in your heart. And then whenever he you know, would just like to give you a ring and ask for some worship, he'll just send one of those illustrations he's created. Otherwise, it'll just be rain and snow and lightning and thunder. Glory praise not only exalts God by focusing on his perfect love, beauty, majesty, power, and truth and everything. Glory. His glory. <laughs> but it renews my excitement to shine. I'm just a reflection, but man, I, I want to reflect that. You see, there is a light. If you've received Christ, there is a light in your heart just waiting to bolt out of your mouth. Maybe just one word. Maybe we're quiet. But you need to hear yourself praise His majesty. Because the Son, your Savior, is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful 
word. Which is why his power and glory can only be affirmed and appreciated and exalted to its fullest by those inside his word, collecting those pieces inside his kingdom that comes from within. Because no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And that's because uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see in his word. For instance, the light, which now we know is lightning. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. God is light. Light came into the darkness. Darkness didn't understand it. Because they, the, they hadn't read the pieces. Very much like uh, stained glass windows. From the outside, they appear dark and dingy and depressing. Uh, like quite a few Christians I know appear to those around them. But from inside, inside the radiance of their vibrant colors illuminated by the sun, or better yet, at night in a lightning storm, imagine that, sparkle and shine. So don't expect those without to perceive it. They can't, which is why they need you, you're on the inside. You need to be a faithful witness. But it has to start with you and God speaking a word of praise. So if you're on the inside, but you're not really wired for speaking your praise, I totally understand. But I got to say, it's time to start practicing. Because if you're not growing... What are you doing? Speaking out praise, whether privately or publicly, I can tell you firsthand, it produces a freedom and liberation and emancipation from the chains of pride that restrain and restrict so deep inside that we don't even know that they're doing it. Break free. Break free. If not now, when? You can practice during worship, whether or not Colin says speak out some praise, or you know, just when there's a lull and you know, and we're not, it's just music and not words. You can just, just say something. Just say something, even if it's barely a whisper. Right on, right on, you did it. Even if it is just one word, two words. Perfect, who wants more? Who wants more? Even if it's uncomfortable. Especially, especially if it's uncomfortable. That's the battle. Step out, step up, and kick pride's behind. But I have to say this to you now. Holding your tongue without ever offering even one whispered word of praise is so very not okay. If you're a believer. If you're not a believer, that's, then you can just look at the lightning and cuss your heart out. But you're believers. And it's not okay because it literally only takes one sincerely whispered word to enter in and begin the process of winning the battle. Don't let fear or pride direct your worship. That is so lame. 
Who's in charge anyway? Well, thus says the Lord, your Lord, my Lord, our Lord, our dad. Thus says, dad, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let, but let those who, who glory, glory in this. For they understand and know me. That I am the Lord. Exercising loving kindness. And judgment. And righteousness. In the earth. For in these I delight. The Lord. Your dad. Your creator. Your king, your judge, he delights, absolutely loves seeing you, seeing your own weakness and taking it on head on. Oh, he loves that. Paul, Paul found that out. He kept praying, take my weakness away, take my weakness away. And finally, the Lord just spoke and said, stop it. The Lord said to Paul, hey, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made Perfect in your weakness. So actually, you think, you go, oh, well, then I can breathe a sigh of relief about my, I can, I can laugh at myself then and be free, which is exactly what Paul learned because he says, therefore, you know what? I, I, I'm going to start boasting because I, you know, pride kind of had me. So I'm going to boast all the more gladly, happily, laughingly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power, not my pride, may rest on me. And we'll send pride packing. Where's heaven? It's wherever God dwells. So if you've received Jesus into your heart, don't Try to get in the right frame of mind or the right mood to speak some praise. Just, just ponder what's gotten into you. And then seal this thing up. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom. And priests to serve his God and Father. Yeah, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. But I'll tell you, forever and ever, amen? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's next Sunday. So for right now, let's, let's do memorize together what we personalize alone. Say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.